Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 287. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi, Ross, Ross, Jedi, J. Session 26 of 30 Podcasts in 30 Days National Podcast post-month right here coming at you. Part 3 of my conversation with Sam Noir and Marvin Law. Hope you enjoyed the first two chunks. Here's the last chunk. Gonna come back at you tomorrow with something new. Close out the last five days of National Podcast Post Month with something special for you. So that'll come at you next week. But here we go, session 26. Marvin Law, Sam Noir, Zip Kramer. Please enjoy. Here we go then. All these names we're talking about, all these cool things, you know, we've all gotten to know, each of us kind of know different things. Mm -hmm. I know Sam has a bit of one of those memories where he remembers a little bit more than most when it comes to like the names of the artists or the writers or whatever. How do you guys keep it all straight? Are you guys really telling me you've read every comic or work that all these guys have done enough to know all that you spout out? Like, I do this podcast... I've been meeting these people for years, talking to these people for years, and it's still nearly impossible for me to keep things straight because you guys and a lot of the fans of the community will get really excited about certain people, but I just myself cannot possibly have read or seen work from all these individuals. Like, Francis Manipole, we all, like, okay, that's a bad example because there's, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Batman in there. (laughs) But, like, you know... <clears throat> a name may come out that you're like seems like everybody knows well, but I, I, I've never seen their work I've, how do you guys keep I've been going to conventions locally like I was a fan for what whatever it is 20-30 years so just going to local conventions and seeing the same people over and over again and seeing their work and seeing them also uh, climb the ladder as well, okay. you, you go from looking at their indie books that are on their table to seeing them explode professionally and uh, uh, between the Comic-Cons and the, t- the TCAFs, right. uh, having been to the first TCAF, for example, yeah, uh, you, you see right. a lot yeah. of the guys when they first start out and then, what is it, uh, uh, 20 years later? I can't remember. 15, 20 years like, later? When's the first uh, time you remember hearing Faybach's name? Faybach, oh my God. Um... Was it at least five years ago? My my memory is. I think about five. About five. That's it. So for you, it was New Fifty Two too. Like when he busted yeah, on the scene. Yeah, when he started to get the he exploded out of the scene. Like for me. But he uh, was out in Windsor as well. Yeah, That's he's the, a, he, he was David, David Finch. Finch David is, right. So his protege. Well, you knew much. David Finch, but right. then uh, uh, there's a guy waiting in the wing where it's yeah. like he's just waiting to. Fill. So it's those weird things. So it's like. Like I, so it's just having been fans for so long. For also, yeah, also going to the shows for so. Well, long. the other thing is for for me at least, uh, you know, as as a bad. fan and a friend, <laughs> uh, you know, as a, as a fan and just someone who hung out in the community way before he started um, making comics himself. You know, we we'd have uh, 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 meetups. Uh, off the Warren Ellis Forum, for example, the legendary okay. Warren Ellis Forum, where right. there were were all those early. 
uh, Toronto creators that eventually became someone like so Chip was around then uh, right. Brian Lee O'Malley this was these were generally organized by Chris Butcher uh, before That's Scott Pilgrim right uh, uh, well Brian Chris Lee O'Malley yeah, yeah. yeah Chris yeah. Butcher um, uh, started TCAF with Peter of the Beguiling and okay. so but before that uh, Chris would organize uh uh, meetups like okay. at at pubs, and then you would meet guys like uh, Chip Zdarsky or Brian Brian Lee O'Malley when he right, was uh, right. working behind. Which is kind of group social setting. See, yeah. I've gotten to know certain people, but doing the show, doing the podcast, it's more of on an individual discovery yeah. kind of basis. You know what I mean? So, like for me, kind of seeing the I'd say the biggest like Toronto guy I've seen that I've paid attention to for a long time knew before he was huge and now has gotten to a point for me is probably Scott Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Because I was I would go every he's, year... He used to be yeah. Udon, right? He used to be Udon and... Well, Udon. he was Clone Wars. Was Clone he did Wars Star too? Wars Clone Wars, so right? Was it Udon originally? Was it Scott Hepburn? He might have done that yeah, as well. Street Fighter, well, the Street Fighter well this is the other thing Maybe, as well. I don't know. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about Bright Anvil Studios mm-hmm. and around the same time there were groups... Of yeah. studios again, Dreamwave, okay. Draxel, right? Uh, Draxel Jump, the then. earliest version of Udon. Udon came after Dreamwave, yeah. And See, I didn't get into indie comics till pretty much this show. That's what opened mm-hmm. it up for me because mm-hmm. when we started the show, wasn't meant to be a comics, wasn't meant yeah. to be geeky, wasn't meant to be Star mm-hmm. Wars. We just shot the shit, me yeah. and a friend, and uh, we, the new Fifty Two started up right when we started the show mm-hmm. so it just became a constant topic mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. when the show kind of became mine i started discovering indie comics from going to fan yeah. expo mm-hmm. and starting to discover guys like sean daly and mm-hmm. dave bishop and you know yeah. getting well, well imagine the same thing except right. you've been doing this it's since you were way. you were 10 yeah. or 12 so uh here's chris butcher and his his roommate who works behind the counter at the beguiling right and he sits there and he he draws and oh he draws and then you and then he uh gets a job at oni you know inking right. and then uh and that it, it wasn't Scott Pilgrim overnight, but you watched Brian Lee O'Malley right. go from inking to uh, drawing other Oni books, and then eventually uh, doing Scott Pilgrim and, and becoming a big name. Right. Or Chip Zdarsky, uh, years and years ago, uh, I loved his comic Prison Funnies. See, I need I, to read some. I of had his met because I've read nothing of Chip Zdarsky, and this guy seems to be some sort of he's on Spider-Man now. To so. the universe, yeah. Exactly. Well, I yeah. no, but he he's been around for ages. Right. I I again, I I met him through uh, Chris Butcher and had uh, and picked up his his. Uh, uh, prison funnies, which again, if you look at his work now, there is that dark sense of humor right. in prison funnies, and uh, followed by monster cops, and then uh, yeah, uh, that sounds great. And then ten years, well, I think you can still find him at the right. Beguiling or Page and Panel. Who there. do you think's gonna be the next run? Who do you think's gonna? Whose name are we gonna hear at the top? You got any callouts? <laughs> Man, that's a hard in one. terms of in terms of. I think we're breaking a Marvel DC, breaking the top dog. Or? Tell, yeah, who's gonna uh, be well, there? Well, already the 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 from a hat guys are making names for themselves. But no, just the guys uh, uh, like there's some breakouts. Like I'm talking the Sean Dailies of the world. You know I, what I mean? I, someday I Sean's gonna be doing something honestly, really special. Right? I, I I agree. I right? agree to that. Yes. I cannot see Katie Sawatsky not becoming a Toronto legend at I some agree. point. She's one of those people too, though that. 
I know she knows she's good, but I don't know if she has any idea how good she actually is. Well, I'm sure is. once she releases that uh, book Did you she's get been the previewing. Can? No, I was I behind my here. table. I have. I want to look here. at it because I insane. I was at behind it's, my table the whole time you know at TCAF. I mean? Wish I had a chance to grab more stuff at TCAF. Right, but there's so many guys. There's guys like mm-hmm. you, Marvin. There's guys like uh, Aaron Ong doing crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know who oh, are. Yeah. But it's also the differences in what people do. A lot of people, I guess, you know, whether they're going straight for comics or yeah. Aaron and his multimedia mad, you know, mech sketchbook. <laughs> That's one of the craziest endeavors I've ever, ever seen. So you get into art earlier, as we were saying. You're learning mm-hmm. to draw, you know, mm-hmm. you're picking up things. Yeah. Uh, is it comics from the start? Or do you just like art like a kid, drawing or whatever? Oh, you know, mostly, it was mostly comic books. Because that was my... I discovered that, like, like anything else, I just realized comic books, they're, the only budget you really need is a pencil, paper, and imagination time. Right. Because, like, film, TV, all these things, you can try to do it all on your own. It just It's just hard. Right. But you need the money, the time, the collaboration. But comic books is that pure thing where it's like, it can be all your vision if you want it to be. Right, anything and you want. It's like yeah. you can do your because comp artists or creators usually are. You're the you're the set guy. You're casting. You're art directing. You're prop guy. Costume lighting, designer. cinematographer, yeah. editing. You're pacing it too. It's like and you have an unlimited special effects yeah. budget. So it doesn't matter if I, 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 I <laughs> yes. you, and the thing about the comp books, I love the fact is that genre wise, you can do a like a romantic slice of life. You can do space opera. You can go do superheroes. You can do samurai things. It's like whatever you feel like doing, it works. And right, all, right. And all it takes is just putting it down on paper and that's like and if you find especially nowadays if finding your audience is so much easier than social media right right like back in the old days like in the 90s when the early 90s 2000 it was harder but now it's like, it's like so how did you transition uh, at Bright Anvil as sort of the the new guy how long did it take before you were mentoring people because a lot of people I've spoken to speak very highly of, of and it sounded people. like from your chat with Aaron that it kind of wasn't as much a choice as was it kind of just evolved into being a necessity to happen that oh yeah there you kind of needed to take charge because yeah. no one would at a time well, there's there's a there was an incident inside the studio where, where there was an like a sort of an exodus of the initial talent there right and eventually it came down to maybe less I think eight or nine of us left and from because the studio originally when I joined it was about 20 30 people. It was, Jeez, a, it was a it was a huge crew. Yeah. It was a huge crew. It was a lot of people, and then eventually came down to like eight nine people, and uh, we moved to McCall Street, and eventually we ended up at uh, Wellington near Spadina behind the Globe and Mail building, and yeah, okay. it, it, eventually my role from was starting because I was learning because I was learning, like initially when I first started the studio, they realized I had problems drawing hands and feet because I was hiding them all the time. Hands are always the hardest thing for anybody. It's everybody's first big problem. Yeah, so they said for for three months, that's all I do is hands and feet. Right. They said, if you're you're serious about this, you're going to learn. Right. And draw hands and feet. And then I was lucky enough, I switched from OCAD. I left the OCAD, took a year off. I eventually went to U of T to study criminology. And then the funny part is people don't realize is U of T has extensive old library of comic books. Right. Like, so nice. I had a chance to look at stuff like wasn't back then wasn't readily available. I was reading, I was reading stuff like I was going over the Scott McCloud books. Right. So like understand comics, reading inventing comics. I was looking at Will Eisner's sequential art storytelling. I was looking at old Windsor McCain, uh, Windsor McCain stuff with Little Nemo and Slumberland from the nineteen oh eight. 
the bound newspapers they they bound, leather bound them. Right. That's so crazy. I was looking at those old things that are like expanding my mind, and then I was, I was smart enough to go be while I'm at U of T to go into their cinema program and take some minor credits. So I was watching like real original storytelling. I was taking classes in twentieth century American cinema, Chinese cinema, and then going through film studies. So you so, like to learn. Like it's like I'm looking I'm learning, I'm looking at all this visual visual storytelling, like absorbing it all, like okay. Processing all this information coming to your brain, like how do I take all I've learned and funnel it into what I do, right. and then just take absorb all this knowledge and just try to make understand the visual aspect of storytelling. Okay, so you know you're at the studio, you've mm-hmm. you've worked your way up, people have left. Where does your work begin? What is your catalog? What did, what have you done from beginning to end, work wise? Uh, probably a lot of miscellaneous pinups eventually leading up to, I think the big project that first kicked it off for me was actually, uh, doing artists for Valentine Delandro on the pack number two. Okay. Uh, but most times I was like the, I've said, when I stepped up in my position at Bright Anvil, I eventually rose to the position of being editor in chief. Right. And at that point I kind of put the art on back burner. And uh, I was bringing up younger guys, teaching I, them. Right, I remember you yeah. talking to Aaron about this yeah, as well. So, the craft. how does Hasbro come into this? Do you uh, search them out? Do no. you hear they've got oh. like a tender? Like no, well, the right, the Hasbro asterisk was actually through Logan, their studio director. He worked for Hasbro. Okay. Hasbro so, Canada? Uh, Hasbro, no, Hasbro, Rhode Island. Oh. So did you guys get to do any work for them? Yeah, we they we he did he did the majority of the work sometimes. So like. He'd toss things down just to see how we'd react or test us out or see how we were doing. Okay, so that's fun though to see. You see stuff going through production. You see like, and they'd send prototypes off for us to look at. We like, we used to the old studio space, especially the one that that we had set up at uh, on Wellington. Used to have a nice sort of client room. So it was we had a thousand square feet. About five hundred square feet was actually display area. So we'd have. The wall of fame of comics. People who were in the studio who worked on a comic while they were there, it was a wall of their stuff. Like that's everybody. cool. And then yeah. we had toys that were designed by people in the studio, like original artwork on the walls. It was, right. It was, it was really nice setup back then. It was like it was. I, so do I, you decide to shut her down, or it does... was not my choice. It was okay. uh, Logan got headhunted to Hasbro to work internally for them as a as an executive, and then yeah, they decided to shutter the studio because. For whatever reason, there was out there money sick. Because back then, the studio, this is about like what ten years before the whole property boom in Toronto. Right. So we're spadana wealthy. We're by the mail building. We're bleeding about twenty two hundred dollars a month in rent. Good. So think about how much it could cost now or ten years later. Oh my God! Yeah, it wouldn't be possible. It so would not be possible. It's, it's an unfeasible spot. I don't know how Raid does it. I don't know how Raid keeps the spot entered up. Oh. Maybe just they've had enough. They're established enough that they've yeah. got a system going well, and enough got, people uh, in on that. Marvel and DC, so it's like, like well, where's they've got still got money coming in. Yeah, well, you were saying I mean, you worked not... on the Pact as well. The Pact number two, issue number two. Yeah, I was working on artists for Valentine. What was what was your experience? Yeah, with what'd you, image? what'd you do? Like, this what'd was you the do? height of Image, right? No, this is no. Was this, this drawing pencils? Those artists, artists. What, so oh, artists. Okay. Backgrounds and things like that. Yeah. Okay, right on. Did you help them with layouts as well? No, not really. Valentine was a very good, strong storyteller, so it's one of the things I was just trying to. Right. Do certain things to help out, and just yeah, that's that's him trying to get. He always tries to help me get my foot through the door, like help me get through. Like cause I'm, the, I actually don't know how to promote myself, or I don't know who, what voices they get, whose ear to talk into, or get into the right things. But no, image, 
during that time period, well, I wouldn't say it was the the big boom period. It's actually it's sort of the lull period in their time. In their oh, was, after the founders had all jumped. Yeah, off the founders. Books. So, so like the, the founders are there, but the books aren't as hot as they used to. And it's just before The Walking Dead. So it's like so, it's just before yeah. the because the, the, mm-hmm. right now we're in the image golden age now. Oh yeah. But before that, it's like that sort of lull period where they were like, you're you're now you're kind of below Dark Horse. So they're like, I thought this is, they're doing the Invincible, they're doing the Dread Fire Breather, things like that. So oh, like, this is around the same time uh, Howard of, Howard Wong was doing... Andy Kuhn, Howard, yeah, and all these other uh, books. After the Cape, that yeah. was the period, How right? old is Howard? I don't know. It's Howard's age. like our he's, age, right? Our age, he yeah. must have started stupid early too that day. And Marco Rudy uh, was his partner on After the Cape. That's so crazy, yeah, Marco, yeah, man. Marco, I didn't know all these folks now. and like, you know, I expected, I'm getting to know all these people over the years... And some of the people you hear their name, and then you before you meet them because of the stories, you expect them to be like maybe older or you know yeah. just more beat up or something. But no, and then you meet guys, you're you, like, you really, should, Marvin? You, you've been in this deal twenty since years. You're, like that's yeah. insane. Well, mind you, you should have been around those days. But uh, you were a baby in the early two thousand ten, because we used to have drink and draws, and the Marcio Takara, Marcus Toe, Francis would be there. Right, right. So we'd all go to the snail first on every Wednesday, and then we go to the Black Bull across the street. And drink and draw. Right. See, I never got these chances to meet like these groups. So I've been trying to. I've been meeting people yeah. one person at a time, <laughs> one episode at a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's just, Toronto's one of those things where it's, a, it's such a really giant hotbed. Like there's almost weird things. It's the craziest place on earth. We talk about it on the show all the well, time. Not anywhere in the world, including New York City, can you go to a hub like Ontario so- and find. So many top tier, middle tier, low tier, highest quality work in the world in such vast amounts. Yeah. It is out of control. It really is. And not just that they're all here, they're all from here. Yeah. It's not like a bunch of artists who've moved to New York because that's where Marvel yeah. is or that's where you need to be. No, these people were grown of this dirt and have mm-hmm. all taken it over. It's insane. And there's like, something to be said about the friendly competition and encouragement of it all as well. When you're working alongside people like this, well, the, the all ships raise, right? Toronto has a very cultured mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. And because of the, the schools, the education, and the atmosphere even lends itself to uh, uh, like a, a higher level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's It's... Well, it's the same reason why the rest of Canada generally uh, hates Toronto. Right, right? but it also hurts Toronto to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. Like, it's so hard to stick out here, yet so many have managed to, Mm -hmm. but it's very businesslike here. Mm -hmm. It's very, very... Like, yes, of course, hard work. Yes, of course, bust your butt, sacrifice Mm -hmm. your life. But they don't seem to be having as much fun. Maybe that's what's keeping it from or making them get to the top that they're just no fun. I'm working like that. I want to be incredibly professional here. Workaholics. And I don't know what it is about here or the area or whatever, but you know, there's something in the air because well, we have some talented, talented individuals, you know? Well, the, the, especially the, the, given the environment, how, how expected it is to live in Toronto. The drive to succeed oh, is so strong. It's like in order to pay your rent, you pay your pay your rent, pay your bills. Like right, right. the drive to succeed and not fail is is a, is a primal force. There. Well, there's like, also probably going to be a lull unless those guys bring new guys up, right? Like uh, like all these guys who are working for Marvel right now, all these raid guys, you know, and Ty well, Templeton a, a and Ken Lashley. Well, there's a degree of mentorship Lashley. as well. This is the the other great thing as Marvel right. was 
saying yeah. in his situation, uh, uh, and you mentored some really big names as well, oh, right? A couple. Uh, you were mm. talking about Runaways. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. No, uh, that's crazy. Oh, Adrian. Adrian was in the studio. We met. I met Adrian. We all met Adrian. But when I first met him, he was just, he was just an anchor. He was inking. He came with two of his buddies and. They're very strong. They're very strong artists, but they had him. They had Adrian inking them. Right, right. And then we found out Adrian could freaking draw. And then we said, you know what? Maybe you should not be ink. Yeah, maybe you should not be inking. And then he moved over to penciling, and Runaways was his first gig. Right, and right. I, it's like one of those interesting things. And then um, I I remember first time, and then Adrian, I I was sitting there with Adrian. We were going over the Runaways script. And we're I think I I think I helped him break down the first three issues. We sat there for three days going over the script. Looking at camera layouts, pa- panel compositions, because that's what I specialize in. Is I'm I think I'm an okay storyteller, and so it helps. It helped Adrian deserve the, show him the ropes of how to handle a team book. Like all my pet peeves is you no know, crisscross word balloons. Right. Okay. So you look at the script. Who's talking first? So you lay it out in a way that where the person right. talking first is the first person on the left. And just follow that camera movement. Who published the first Runaways run? Marvel. Marvel. Right. It's now, so are movie. you telling me you knew about X-23 before the rest of the world? No, that's, that, that was NYX. That was, you're right. That's, that's where my mistake is. Right, <laughs> yeah. that was NYX. But Adrian's one of those guys that showed up at one of the very first TCAFs as well. Like, yep, it appeared was... out of the blue almost. Yeah. Someone. TCAF so was weird, man. It was weird. <laughs> I went expecting one thing, got a little of what I was expecting, but then there was a whole bunch that I wasn't. Marvin Law makes really fun stuff. Marvin Law makes amazingly fun stuff. <laughs> Marvin Law is in the groups of the Shehans of the world that we need, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this boils down to the fact that you two, where did you two meet? We were paired up. Yeah, for uh, oh, yeah? Star City Volume Two. Yeah, for uh, Brian Avenue and that Phil wasn't Corey. that long ago then. Yeah, no, they were a they, few years ago. Yeah, they 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 were editing they were editing the book and they had I think Sam had his script sent in and then they were looking for an artist to, to go with him and then they were right. like and I worked with Phil on Kronk and Kronk and Phil's like why right. don't we get Marvin to draw the book right right and draw the story and then, uh, yeah so I think and then we we contacted each other after I got the script I messaged you and we we went for. Burgers, yeah. burgers, and in Kensington Burgers. Nice, you had a compliment nice. at that point. Nice. And so we went from burgers. We had a lot in common, too. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing. I hate how much I get confused from monstrosity, mm-hmm. and Michigan has monstrous oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> from Greg Ray. Mm-hmm. And I it always screws up my head. But yeah. uh, so you meet, you're paired up through monstrosity then. Mm-hmm. Um, and where does uh, that's zip originally came from then yeah right and then yeah it was a it was a one-off parody of ec comics essentially right and uh and and here's the thing i you always pitch three things and uh and they always tell you uh you know don't pitch that third throwaway thing Right, because they'll always choose it, and uh, I, I think uh, that's the one that Brian really liked. So I had I had pitched you know two things that I really wanted to do, and the third one was I guess maybe that's why he he chose it because it was less overwrought and more mm-hmm. breezy, mm-hmm. and then choosing the perfect artist for it as well. Right, I, right. I'm not sure was it Phil or Brian who chose me. I can't remember. Uh, one one or the other. You yeah. well, you had worked with Phil as well. I worked with uh, Phil, I guess pre- Phil on the previous yeah, volume. Yeah, yeah. Were you on Horror in the West as well? I did a pinup for that. Ah, okay. See, I like your style because you, it, it is fun. Yeah. And it's good yet fun. It reminds me a lot of Shay, who we just brought up mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. In in that way of 
the feel of it is more important to you almost than it be absolutely technically like a comic book looking. Like you have your own style. You're not afraid to draw by your style. You're not trying to be it's like not, someone else's. Yeah, you're not trying to it's draw something so style. it'll fit into a Marvel comic, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? You're drawing what makes mm-hmm. you happy, which comes through in the art, yeah. which makes Zip the fun that it is. Mm-hmm. So when does the idea to take this little idea and expand it into so much more? Come? I think because we, we had so much fun with the first one, because we started because. I think you he I think Sam really liked the designs I was doing. I did because they're all because we were the ideas of us doing retro futuristic cool and it's right. like it's very tongue in cheek in a lot of ways. So it's like because we always pitched the the ideas like if Zap Brannigan Zap Brannigan and uh, Buzz Lightyear before he realized he's a toy right right were had a child and he's just he wants to do good but he's so stupid and it's idiotic. very tickish yeah you know he just he's he's trying to do good but he but th- because of his stupid I guess his inept or stupidity or try to make up for his father's issues he makes the most horrible choices in the world right he's and the galaxy's worst hero, hero. ever that's awesome and then, great and then we started after the first one was done and we were like I, I think it was you or me said why don't we do another one yeah this? yeah I can't even remember who but it yeah. was it was a natural thing for me I think the real struggle was because he was a one off one note one joke thing mm-hmm. where was the hook and then you found, the found the new one. Yeah, found the little girl would go with him. Was yeah. that your idea? No, that was your idea. I swear it might have been... Uh, oh, we, 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 look we, at we, you guys. But we realized Sharon not remembering the credit. We realized we needed someone else from the bounce <laughs> off of. Because it could That's be like... true. Because we, like, we need something to... Like, if, you're, if he's just him being a buffoon in space, you need that voice of reason or someone to clean up the mistake. It's like, we need someone there to be with him. Right. And that was the hardest part for you to get through when you were writing because you couldn't figure a way into the story until you figure out who you designed new on. And I apologize. I kept you waiting on scripts a lot okay. as well. It worked out in the uh, end. It did. It did. But when I once we, we figured out an orphan girl who's our access character. Right. You know, someone from the most miserable, you know, place in the galaxy where Zip would seem like a hero. Yeah. And and uh, actually, the, the la- I can't wait for people to read the... the, the uh, new story in the right. graphic novel. Uh, we're we're mining some pretty emotional stuff. The in graphic there. novel is going to collect the first three and a whole new story. Right, but the first one comes from Monstrosity. Monstrosity. Where did the second two come from? The second one was Paul John's own. Uh, yeah, we, okay. we again we decide to to self publish uh, the next one. Okay, and then the third one uh, came along, and uh, yeah, it just happened to fit really well. In Strange Romance. Volume 2. Right, yeah, yeah. Strange Romance. And and okay. it gave Marvin a chance to work in color. What is what is the single issue numbered as? Anything? Or is uh, it just number a one-shot? One. So, zero. Okay. We, we reprinted the monstrosity as number zero. Right. And then the uh, the standalone was, was published as issue number one. Right. And then, uh, yeah, we had a color story. And I think that added a real, a whole new dimension. Like, mm-hmm. you're, because of the anime influence... Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the coloring job. Like, I, I think your work really uh, takes on a whole new dimension in color. For me, I, I discovered all kinds of things about... Well, you know what about your art, though, is you want to color it. Like, if you look at Marvin's art and it's not colored, it looks like it'd be fun to color. Yeah. It would, Because yeah. it's not... You are open, you know? Your fingers are open. There's like, okay, even though I see the wrinkles or whatever, there's the pant leg, not like... Mm-hmm. 
you know, shadows yeah, yeah, yeah. and this and so much going on. Yeah. It's it's there. It's clean. It's it's pretty. Do you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the so stage? What, what are your sorry? What are your influences artistically? Wow, there's so many influences. Like, I was actually like I said, I was younger. My it's funny part. My dad actually read comic book as a kid. So as he was growing, he read comic books. I was exposed to Hong Kong comic books. I was exposed to manga. I was exposed to European comic books. I was exposed to North American. So. It's a wide range of things I want. I'm reading all these different styles of comic books, different ideas, and because Hong Kong comic books are very much action packed, because they're mostly based on wushu martial right. arts thing novels and things where, like that. Where did you buy your Chinese comic books? My dad bought them at the Chinese bookstore. Was it the place on Spadina or the place on Dundas? Dundas. Because nice. my dad used to, he used to always, his restaurants uh, are on Dundas, so he's always. The, like, it was called Sun Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so he used to always buy them, so he, I read like Storm uh, Do you Storm speak Rider. Chinese? Yeah, I speak Cantonese okay. fluently. Okay. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's why I like, I like when I read comic books, like, I, my influences are like, for like, I, was, like, I grew up in the 80s, so like, like Mike, Mike Zach, George Perez, Michael Golden, uh, uh, trying to think who else is there. There's a whole bunch of like, I love Mike McDola, I love Alex Toth. Right. I go back to the old school, like all these different artists: Arthur Adams, Jim Lee, nice. Joe so, Mad. Do you can do you enjoy doing the whole thing together? As I'm saying, like, do you enjoy, you know, the pencil inks, colors? Oh yeah, the part is like, like I said, it's, it's my it's, for a lot of it's like vision, like you create a whole world. That's part of the fun. Is like the my most fun a lot of times is creating a world out there. Like right, it's like whatever designs a sense you have. It's like watching those. Like the making of stuff for like Lord of the Rings, they see the whole idea of them putting the idea of like we're gonna make a world, this whole culture based on this one shape idea, like right. hard angles for the dwarves and the circular things for the elves. It's like so you you think about that when you're like going, how is my world gonna work? How what's the basis of our world? It's like it's like a lot of things, a lot of the stuff in Kramer comes from the fact that it's like it's sort of it's stuff you recognize as being. From Earth, like uh, the, the the store in our third story, space diner, right. space truck diner. So it's, the only difference is it's set in space on an asteroid belt with trucks that have rocket like space sure. or yeah. or a meter made. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. things are familiar, a... but yet space still... balls esque. Yeah. yeah. So so it's like thing where it's like it's familiar, but yet it's still a little quirky and different. Sure, sure. Tech idea behind it. So yeah, like, yeah. What I've noticed about your work as well, and this I think comes from our constant conversations about mm-hmm. anime mm-hmm. and Hong Kong action movies. Like we, you you talk about where the the martial arts influence, and then that John Woo right. movies mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You push the envelope. You really do. It's the, the question is, how far can we take this? Here's the line. And I'll sort of like sketch out a line, you know, in, in right. uh, you know, on the written word yeah. and hand it to Marvin. And then he'll like cross that line and push, push the, the, the well, uh, what was it in the strange romance story? Not to give too much away, but there is sort of uh, out there moment involving uh uh, a tentacular creature, uh, a tentacular creature <laughs> that is creature. our spoof of a certain kind of uh, a '90s anime that was popular, oh, was Wicked, Wicked City, City, City and, and yeah, right, right. Fiend. yeah, that was and that was our, our right. thing. It's like, but you made it funny, like that. That yeah. stuff was horrifying looking, and uh, you, it it at the same time disturbs, but was funny as hell. Like oh. I just, uh, you know. Yeah. I had written it, and then it came back, and I looked at it, and I just couldn't stop giggling just because it was so out there 
It's and great that you guys are having so much fun together doing this yeah. too. You know, like that's always the fun. Know. That's always the thing I always like about finding certain collaborators that you work with. Like sometimes you find a collaborator you, you just don't get along with. This their vision doesn't jive with your vision. You're like sure. So the, and then you find the ones that you can work with, and you have this sort of simpatico energy where like you can bounce ideas. Like you'll, like sometimes you'll, you'll suggest something because they're like, no, I don't like that idea. But with me and Sam or me and Phil, I can say, how about this? And they're like. And then we'll start bouncing it, and the story will evolve and get better and stronger. Cause we're not scared to like to take each other's suggestion. Goes, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's great. Let's go with this one. Let's go with further right. push the line up a little harder. Right. Further up.